A lot of Western Australian householders are struggling at the moment with rising interest rates and rising utilities. It can get really hard for some of us. If you're a low-income earner or on a pension, I think um, most of us would agree. I don't know how some people manage. It's, and sometimes you just can't. But it's difficult to get a loan with a small income. The WA No Interest Loan Service has been set up to help people who are struggling a bit financially with small loans, with no interest, as their names suggest. And with me to tell us about it on Afternoons is John Ambrose. Hi, John. Hi. Very good to be here. Thank you. Very nice um, to have you in the studio. Look, tell us about the service. What is it? Well, um, years ago, the government used to have something called the Furniture and White Goods Loan Scheme. And uh, apparently that didn't work very well. So um, they put it out to tender and a group of community organizations got together and said, look, we'll pick up the, 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 the scheme. And so that's how WNO interest loans came about in 2000. And Do you know why, why the government scheme didn't work very well? Well, I think, you know, because the default rate was quite high at, uh, at that point and uh, the, it became unsustainable. So people not paying the loan but back. not paying back the loans. And so um, it sort of like fell apart. And uh, so, you know, they wanted to discontinue the scheme. But uh, uh, a number of community organizations felt that the, the, the scheme itself, the initiative itself was a good initiative. And perhaps maybe there's a slightly different way of managing it. And so that's how uh, WNO interest loans came about. So tell us what exactly you supply to people who need help. Well, you know, it started off with uh, very basic items like fridges and washing machines and stuff. But two years ago, what we did is that we expanded the list to include um, household furniture because people going into new homes and, uh, you know, uh, key start programs, they walk in and there's absolutely nothing, you know. And, uh, you know, how, how can you talk about a quality of life if people have nowhere to sit and nowhere to have their food, you know. So um, we, we said we will, you know, give loans for... Uh, lounge room sets and for living room sets, I mean, you know, for dining sets and also for bedrooms. You know, no point sleeping on foam and, you know, saying, well, we have some life. So it, 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 it actually grew as a result of the needs that people expressed. And, um, you know, so the list kept growing. And now we give uh, loans for freezers. We even give loans for motorized scooters for people who are handicapped. Uh, the disabled, and, uh, um, you know, sometimes there are unusual requests, like, you know, there's a mum who called and said, look, you know, I've got two kids and they both are ADHD, and short of putting them on medication, what I'd like is for a trampoline, and uh, which was not on our list at all, and we said, okay, uh, we'd take a look at it, and we said, look, you know, why not? That is so, great. Yeah, so what, what we've done is that we have actually grown with the needs of the people. So, and there was another one who asked for a sewing machine, and we said, hmm, sewing machine? And this was a migrant lady. And, you know, when migrants with their long robes, they have nowhere to go and sew their stuff. And if at all they get a find a tailor, it's going to cost an arm and a leg to get a robe made. But she knows how to sew, but she didn't have a, a sewing machine. So we said, okay, we'll give you one. And that grew to become two or three. And now they have a little uh, industry going on. Thriving community uh, business. Yes, they, they make their own clothes as well as they make clothes for other people within the community. So it's been, it's been a growing um, uh, program with a growing need, based on a growing need. And you're flexible so people can ring up and say, look, this is my situation yes. and this is what I want and what I need it for yeah. and you're prepared to listen to them and see yeah. whether 
Did you ever hear from the woman with the trampoline about how it went? Well, you know, she's very happy. I mean, you know, she, she said, you know, the kids are jumping up and down and that way they get tired and they, I can put them to bed rather than, you know, put them on medication. We have a, a prescribed list of items, which includes, you know, fridges, freezers, washing machines, you know, living room, dining room sets and all of that. So if it's anything beyond that, that's when, it, you know, we look at individual needs and whether, you know, how can we help them. I'm talking to John Ambrose from the No Interest Loan Scheme. So is there a limit on how much you lend people? Yes. And do you do a financial check? Well, you know, the limit, first of all, is $1,500. It's $1,500 and they can buy anything up to two items. Sometimes they go for one, one substantial item, but sometimes, most times they go for two because you can get a reasonably sized fridge and a, a washing machine for within $1,500. You know, so that's, that's what the criteria is. And, um, you know, if, if you're looking at, um, uh, you know, individual needs, then what we would say is that, you know, there are people who just borrow five $600, and that's quite sufficient for them. And how, do you, how are you going? You were talking a bit earlier about the government having a similar scheme, but that falling apart because people weren't paying the money back. Mm-hmm. How are you finding that? Well, you see, the thing is we, we establish a relationship with the people. You know, it's, it's like when they call, you know, they know. We tell them, look, this is a community fund. It, it's actually provided by the government. And, you know, if it doesn't revolve, if the money that's going in doesn't come back, then somebody else doesn't get a chance to get a loan. And so that's a sort of like an inbuilt thing, you know, in the program. And, uh, you know, we maintain a, a relationship with them. It's not like somebody is sitting on the 15th floor of some building and then somebody is putting in an application on the ground floor through the reception, you know. We actually have a liaison with them and uh, we help them a great deal because, you know, there are times, you know, when people are poor, they are excluded. You can talk about social inclusion till the cows come home. But, you know, if you're excluded by poverty, there's nothing you can do. You know, like if you walk into a shop and they look at you and they, you look poor, you get a different treatment than if you look well-dressed, you know. So what we do is that we help people actually go into the shops and talk to the traders. We have a, a, a substantial number of traders who have signed the charter with us. And what they do is that they've said that they would, uh, first of all, respect people, you know, individual respect irrespective of race, religion, how you look, whatever. They would give them the best prices. They would give them the best advice. They'd give them the best after-sales service and advise them on things like insurance and warranties and stuff like that. So there is a relationship there between the traders and us. We don't get anything from them. There are no commissions, nothing at all. So they are part of a charter. And like, you know, we don't deal directly with the clients ourselves. We work through agencies. And there are a whole raft of community agencies. So it's it's a tripartite kind of relationship but with the client as the center of all of that. You know, so the client would call a 1300 number and we would direct them. We'd find out the particulars and then we'd direct them to an agency which will help them with the application forms. And how do they go about paying it back? Do they, is it, I, I, I guess it must be spread out over a, yes. an amount of time. It is, they, they pay it back from their Centrelink uh, or CenterPay, um, you know, um, allowances that they get and it is $3 for every $100 that they borrow. So there is no, there are no fees, no commissions, no charges, no interest rates, absolutely nothing. So what they borrow is what they pay back, and if they borrow a thousand dollars, or if they even if they borrow the full fifteen hundred dollars, they can actually pay it back within fourteen months, about about fourteen months. So it is three dollars per hundred per fortnight. So if they borrow fifteen hundred dollars, it is forty five dollars a fortnight, and there's nothing more to pay. And what if they get into some trouble and they they think, well, look, I'm I'm having trouble with the payments. Is there 
any avenue for them? Well, you see, the thing is, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, they, they might ask us, could, you know, something has come up or, you know, some uh, additional expenses have come up. Could we just stop for a little while, you know? And, and uh, so that's allowed. And we, you know, if people get into real trouble and they become bankrupt, then what happens is that they let ITSA know about it and then ITSA will take care of it. So, you know, it's, it's, it's designed to be painless, you know, and um, sometimes people get incarcerated. I mean, for, you know, they could caught drunk or whatever, and they end up in prison. And as soon as, as you know, as soon as people go to prison, Centrelink payments stop, right? So they are no more on welfare. And so there is that gap between the time that, you know, they are in prison and they come out. But what we find is that, you know, people still have a commitment to pay things back. And just recently I had a letter from someone in prison and he said, please, can you help me? Because I don't want to lapse on my loan, but I'm in prison and uh, keep keep it open. And as soon as I come back and I get my benefits again, I'll start paying back. And you found that people really follow through on oh, that? Oh, yes. We have a 98% rate of repayment. That's great. Yeah. And the 2% that default could be either because they've died or, you know, they... Um, you know, extreme circumstances where it's domestic violence or something where there's a, you know, a, a massive break in relationships and or maybe they're go, they've gone under uh, violence uh, protection or, you know, um, restraining orders and stuff like that. So when something like that happens is when they lapse. But we've had instances where people have taken loans in 2003, paid it for a while, stopped, paid it for a while, stopped, and they've eventually paid off their loan in 2009. And that's without even asking, because after a while, you know, you say, well, you know, maybe they're in difficult circumstances. But what people feel is that they have an obligation, they have a commitment to pay it back. And that's the that's the beauty of this program, because, you know, the rich very often default on big loans, whereas the poor, you know, they, they live up to their commitments and they pay their loans back fully. That's wonderful. It's a wonderful service. Thank you so much, John, for coming in and telling us about it on Afternoons Thank today. You. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much.